episode 218 Above Ground podcast, The Ketamine Diaries, with return guest Rob Lethan. Disclaimer, the hosts of this podcast, Timothy Patrick and Will Foley, are by no means medical professionals. However, having lived experience with mental illness themselves, they have gained useful perspectives on common mental health issues that some of us struggle to overcome on a daily basis. By sharing their stories, they hope to create connection. By creating connection, they hope to help you find your purpose. And through purpose... We can all begin to build the foundation for positive mental health. This is Above Ground Podcast. Coming at you live with real conversations about mental health from the peer perspective. It's time for Above Ground Podcast. Now your hosts, TPP and Will Foley. Yeah, Timmy, dude, it's time. The Ketamine Diaries with Rob Leithen. Welcome wow. back, Rob. Last time we had Rob. It was uh, what it was two March years ago? 20, March of twenty one. Wow! Yeah. Ep- episode ninety four. Damn, a lot has changed since. <laughs> yes. Why don't you? Uh, why don't we just hop right in and uh, tell sure. us? Tell us what's changed, and um, you know, I know you had uh, kind of kept some diaries of your experience, so yeah. um, love to hear about it. Love to hear about how it worked for you. Yeah, absolutely. It all started many, many years ago. Is it? Just kidding. Just kidding. Last year, so which would be 2022, um, around July or August, I was I was doing really good. Well, I was doing fairly good in my own journey. You know, I got to a point where, you know, after four years of therapy, that it's like, okay, you know, if if this is the best I'm I'm going to get you know, I can live with that, right? Like, you know, it may not necessarily be a rich and fulfilling life, but you know what? I could live with it. Um, But I knew there had to be more. There had to be more. So like like I mentioned, part of my journey is being open-minded and willing to try everything to see what works and get rid of what doesn't. I, uh, I did some research. Uh, found out about ketamine. I contacted a few people uh, that in my network or that I knew were were experienced with ketamine. One of them was a was a, a guy down in the states, um, a retired, um, I believe he was marine. Created a uh, uh, this is a shameless plug for him. <laughs> created a uh, uh, a company called Mental Joe Apparel. And I actually talked with him. Um, we phoned, uh, and he he his company sells clothing uh, to raise money for alternative therapies for you know first responders and and veterans for alternative therapies like equine therapy and ooh, ketamine therapy. So I talked to him quite a bit about that, and it was it was the uh, it was my conversation with him that that made me help me make my decision that yeah I'm gonna try it right be open-minded see if it works so I did some research found a a clinic uh relatively close to where I live in uh, Toronto so contacted them and and I went through the process of evaluating whether I was suitable for ketamine which involved uh, getting a a medical referral from my doctor to uh to i guess try the ketamine or or participate in the ketamine therapy uh, i met with a psychologist who 
you know, ran me through a battery of questions and, and uh, they both together recommended that, yeah, I was a candidate for ketamine therapy. Um, so the place that I used in Toronto uh, was called Field Trip. Uh, there's, uh, I think, four places, four field trip locations in Canada. And there's, I think, a handful down in the in the States. Uh, and I made contact and got, got uh, you know, reached out to or reached out to them, made contact with their intake line and their intake person got back to me. And that was the start of the process. So the way field trip uh, in Toronto, the way they ran the therapy session is, is it, they scheduled six weekly therapies. Well, let me restate that over once a week for six weeks. Um, that was a, a, a ketamine session. And then within that six weeks, there was four integration sessions, they called it, which were uh, where you sat down with a psychotherapist and integrated what you had experienced into, you know, basically tried to, you try to make sense of what you experienced and how it relates to what your goals were. Um, so that, that was kind of neat. So first of all, I got to tell your listeners, there's a word that I learned <laughs> called ineffable. Ineffable means unable to be described by words. <laughs> and that is exactly what each ketamine session was like. Um, you know, it, it, it hard to put into words <laughs> so much so that I actually took notes. I got like seven pages of notes here uh, of each experience. So just to help me. That's awesome. <laughs> just help so me. Remember. The actual. So the actual process of the ketamine, was that the six weeks? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. And during so, your, I'm taking notes too, as you're talking, oh yeah. wife, that's what I'm typing away at. And I'm, yeah. I'm really like, I'm interested in that whole, cause so was it a, was it a treatment integration session treatment? Did it, is that how it, the protocol yeah, sort of followed because sort of. of the four or yep. did it actually, or did you have like a final integration sort of thing it was a final session with the therapist as well um so field trip in in canada i believe um because of regulations and all that field trip they use the there's there's three different ways of administering ketamine one is via iv um uh, but that in canada at least that requires certain uh, regulations be followed if you're going to do it through IV. So it needs to be, uh, you know, administered by a doctor who is able to do IVs and 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 things like that, uh, like a, an actual, I think it's a respiratologist or or a, it's yeah because ketamine is ultimately a a anesthetic. It's got to be administered by by. If it's being administered by IV, it's got to be administered by a, you know, a medical doctor who is able to administer anesthetics. Uh, you can take ketamine orally. And that's the way the the way that uh, field trip and my sessions went, where it's a, I know it, it sounds bad, but it looks like a small urinal hockey puck. 
uh, small and you put it under your tongue and you let it dissolve and it gets absorbed that way. And the other way is, is through nasal sprays. So the, the clinic that uh, I went to field trip in Toronto, they do it orally. So the way the session would start is you would meet. Um, well, first of all, no eating or drinking for four hours before because ketamine can upset your stomach if you if you swallow it, uh, and that's brutal, especially if your session is in the afternoon and you're like, you know, I wake up, I want to eat. <laughs> um, you're required to have somebody drive you home. From firsthand experience, there's no way I would have been able to drive. Um, you know, after a session, uh, so yeah, I'd go in and and field trip in Toronto. It, it's they've spent a lot of money on the environment as well. Um, so when you when you think about ketamine sessions, one train of thought is the environment, the setting is, is really important. And there's other clinics where it's not the the set or their their I guess their direction is it's setting is a lot less important than the actual administration. So in Toronto field trip, they, uh, they spend a lot of money on the setting as well. So it, you, the minute you walk in, it's like, it's like a welcoming hug. <laughs> you know, you got one wall behind the, the, uh, the admin person. It's a moss wall. It's like a spa, I would assume. Yeah. 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 It, it, that's that kind of feeling, you know, lots of rustic wood. It was in a, uh, an old building in downtown Toronto that was renovated, right? So it's, you know, it's almost like a loft type thing. It was, the, the environment was really good. And just so our listeners know, in New York, there is a, a field trip in yep. New York City. It's actually located at 137 East 25th Street on the 11th floor, uh, 10010. So there is, uh, there's several locations. There's a Toronto, there's a Vancouver, there's a New York, there's there was a couple others also I saw. You know, the way the session would start, you'd show up, you, you'd relax in the waiting room area, which, you know, had nice plants and a couch and TV going with, with, you know, calming, meditative type music and all that. So it, it really helps you calm yourself before. Uh, get, in and, the, get in the zone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Absolutely. And we've, we've actually had a lot of conversations with other people about therapy and different types of therapy and about set and setting. And it's also yep. about intention too, because yep. your yep. intention I'm sure is a bigger part of how the session is going to go. Yeah. Yeah. So, so the way the session would go is, is, you know, you'd be directed into your room. Uh, and again, it, it's not a lot of stuff in the room, like from furniture, things like that but it's not clinical. And the way field trip had it, there was a nice little globe light right in the middle and you could have them set it to any color you wanted. Whatever makes you, it's about making you feel comfortable and relaxed. Um, and then, you know, you're in this gravity chair, you know, where it goes back and it feels like you're, feels like you're floating, which eventually does come into play. <laughs> Uh, and and then, like I said, the, the therapist comes into the room. Well, first of all, the registered nurse comes into your into the room, takes all your vitals. Uh, depending on your own medical status uh, or status, they will sometimes put monitoring equipment on you. So for me, 
with you know high blood pressure um they decided to put the monitoring stuff on so you know a little finger fingertip sensor that detects your blood oxygen level is connected to a wrist thing that that measures your blood pressure body temperature so it just it maintains your your it maintains monitoring of your vitals and uh, it transmits that wirelessly to a tablet that they have outside the room um so you you, know, you get in the chair you get relaxed you take your shoes off uh you talk with the, the therapist that comes in and you know you basically talk about maybe a little bit about what your last session was like it's not a, an integration session right it, it's it's talking with the therapist before your session right you talk a little bit about what your intention is and they stress the importance of of an intention i liken it to telling your subconscious what it needs to work on you get it you get there you you get your dosage uh, and for me each session the dosage increased and it was up to me whether i wanted it to increase or not and i wanted it to increase each one by my fifth session i was at the maximum dosage right that they they're allowed to administer so you, you set your intention you start you know you put the the sublingual tablets under your tongue and they want you to at least in field trip they want you to swish it in your mouth but not swallow it because <laughs> if you swallow it it makes you nauseous so you're swishing it back and forth in your mouth for 15 minutes while that's going on the therapist is doing a guided meditation with you right so which which is and there's there's a couple that were really good at the end of the 15 minute mark or basically by the time that guided meditation is finishing you're starting to really starting your your trip right and at, at that point so for the 15 minutes you're swishing you're listening to to the guided meditation you're looking up at the light you know and for me i would notice that at some point you know my tongue would start to tingle a bit and i'd look up and i'm looking at the light and i'm looking at the shadows of things and the shadows started having color so at that point it was like okay it's happening i'm i'm on my way <laughs> right and then at the 15 so minute mark it, they uh so it's that much. I didn't realize even like I thought it would be like kind of like scratching the surface. That sounds like it's you're pretty much in it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, it, the, depending on the dosage, you get more and more in it. And as I de describe each session, you'll see how that changes. But did your intention stay the same for each session? Uh, they start out the same. <laughs> um, well, no, the, the intentions for each session are different. Like okay. I set different intentions for each session. Um, sometimes that intention, I think, had a, a play in what I experienced. And sometimes the intention, what I experienced, wasn't related in any way to the intention. Um, but at the 15-minute mark, the, the, the therapist comes over and they you sort of spit slash dribble because you're sort of out of it into a little cup to get rid of what's left they'll put the headphones on with with, with music that you've selected and uh they'll put a blindfold on and then they lay the chair back and you're into your trip and and my the the first session was more more to 
introduce you to ketamine. So, you know, I started at the, the minimum dosage. And I remember when I started, started into the trip, it was like, wow, this is really cool. Like with the dosage I had, I still had the ability to, to consciously think most of the time. <laughs> so it was like, okay, like I'm, I'm starting to see colors and shapes, flowing shapes and colors. And, and, you know, I had the conscious enough consciousness to go, Hmm, I wonder if I can impact the colors that I see or, or change it, try to control it, which, you know, as a person with, with PTSD and first responder, it's like, okay, I want to try to control things. Right. And it's like, nope, nope. Um, I can't change it. I can't control it. And at first, it actually, when I first got into the very first session, it was a little overwhelming because it was like, holy shit, I can't control anything, right? And it's like, and I started to get a little overwhelmed. I was aware of what was going on. And it's like, and then I finally said to myself, you know what? I got to just let go. And whatever happens, happens. And for me, that was the first actual insight that I that I actually got from it. And I realized that like after the fact, but it was, you know, we hear it all the time in words, you know, let go, you know, you just need to let go of things. But for me, up until that moment, they were all just words. But when I actually let go and gave into whatever was going to happen. It actually gave me an experience of actually letting go. And it was sort of like taking that concept that we described by words of ah, letting go and making it a, an actual experience where I experienced letting go. And that, that was a pretty big one for me. Did you actually feel that freeing of something happening for you at that insight moment or was it because you said that you had that insight a little bit later on into this journey so was it that that moment happened you didn't quite know how to respond to it at the moment and you banked it and then it and then all of a sudden as you became a little bit more aware of yourself and the ability to open up to it did it open up a little further for you, which allowed you to feel that later on? Um, well, the actual cognitive process of letting go when I was in the middle of my, in the, in the trip, that for me, that was a, it felt like a physical thing that occurred. And it wasn't until after the session when I really started evaluating it and analyzing it and being the first responder, overanalyzing it, when I realized that, holy crap, I just was able to put that concept into into practice and experience it. Yeah, that's exactly what I was asking. That's yeah. exactly what I was asking. Yeah. It uh so yeah, that I got into it and, and I remember had enough consciousness thinking, oh, you know what? I'm I'm always looking up cuz I'm I'm laying down right in it. But you know, I looked up and I'm thinking to myself, you know, I could be dead right now and they could be doing CPR pumping on my chest and I wouldn't even know it. <laughs> it was like 
okay, well, whatever it is, whatever happens, happens, right? So for me, that the my first trip was more just colors and no real life images, but just patterns, fractal patterns, right? And, and you know, they would they were flowing. For me, I could tell when I was starting to come out of the trip because colors and everything were always would start to turn very dull and less vibrant uh, and almost turn to shades of black and gray. And when I saw that happening, it's like, okay, I am coming out. So I, you know, I'd come out and, and the one thing that, that field trip did is they would also have a, they also have a camera in the room. So they're monitoring, watching the video of you. Right. So when I, I came to, and, you know, I was sort of out of it, but there still, uh, you know, as you're coming out, I realized I was smiling. I have no idea why. Uh, and they even said to me, yeah, we noticed quite a bit of time during your trip, you were smiling a lot. Okay, it's cool. I don't know what that means, but so the best part was driving home, downtown Toronto. My first session was like at one o'clock in the afternoon. So it's 4.30, start of rush hour, downtown Toronto. My wife's driving and I'm, I'm still you're still under the influence of the ketamine a little bit. So I'm sitting there in, in the car in the passenger seat and I'm looking around and I see these massive, you know, office towers and I see lots of cars and, and, you know, people walking and it looked, it, it felt a little different for me. And, and this is where a lot of things I describe, I have to use analogies to to get the concept apart but instead of looking at individual puzzle pieces like there's a person there's a building there's a bus there's a car it was like i was looking at the completed puzzle not just individual puzzle pieces and it was like exactly at that moment i realized like oh wow you know everything's connected my second session the week later we upped the same same process i said you know what i i see myself like as a hard-edged cube. And my intention is, I, I don't want to be that hard edge, you know, with the points. I'd like to have like rounded edges, rounded, you know, just be a little bit softer as a person, right? So that was my intention. When they up the dose, do you get a longer period of time that you're in the room or no? A little bit. Um, but for me, every time we, we'd increase the dosage, it didn't really increase the length of time of the trip, but how much deeper into the trip you hmm. went. Yeah. It was about an intensity thing more than a, yeah. a duration thing. Cause that's yep. the, up and up in anything like that is just going to intense the feelings of it and what comes up through it and yep. anything like that. And my, uh, and any of that stuff is at least taught me that anyway. Yeah. Um, Whatever you're carrying throughout the day is going to come out in it too. So yeah. And I got really, really sad coming out of the trip. And it's like, you know, I'm crying. It's like, okay, well, you know, the, the trip's over, whatever. It wasn't until afterwards that I realized that what that probably represented to me was, and this is what integration sessions are like. You're trying to figure out what message was sent to you in what you saw. And it was like, okay, well, I was sad the colors were subdued, which is, you know, kind of a downer, I guess, right? And feeling sad, really sad, not that I'm crying, that 
when I'm coming out of, it wasn't until the integration session where we sort of made the connection that, well, you know what, that sadness that I was experiencing as I was coming out really, really wasn't necessarily the sadness of the trip ending, the sadness from a 30-year career, seeing all that stuff that it buried was coming out, right? Shedding and- some skin, I guess. Yeah, it was like opening a black hole, man. Literally, like yeah. you literally open the black hole of yourself, and that's yeah. like I mean, well, you I, literally I, are getting into the dark night, literally, like physically, I, I, or, or at least subconsciously, anyway, which is awesome. Yeah, it, it, Rob, it, were you were you because I know the first time it sounded like you were anxious going into it, and when it kind of started the process, did that was that there the second time? A little bit, but nowhere near. Okay. No, because it's like, okay, I know I can't control things. So there was no need to control things. I had the experience of the first session to experience ketamine. So yeah, that that apprehension was was not gonna lie, there was a little bit there because it was only the second session, but it was nowhere near as as pronounced as the first session. From those two sessions, it's like, okay, well. Yeah, everything seems to be connected in some way. Uh, I actually got to understand what it really means to let go of things, to be able to let go. I actually experienced with this by the second session, I think my first real growth point or of letting that sadness out that you buried over a 30-year career, right? Just letting that sadness out or letting go of my hold of that sadness to let it out. Being the first responder with PTSD, I don't make a I don't make a good passenger <laughs> in, a, in a vehicle. I need to drive, right? That way I have control of everything. Uh, so, but this after the second one, when driving home, I actually put the seat back and I dozed off. The things that I got from ketamine weren't direct. Hey, this is what it feels like to let go. It's those indirect things like, yeah, I I was tired and, and I had a nap in the car, which I haven't done for decades. <laughs> so I got to explain it. Ketamine is a dissociative anesthetic. That's what it's actually used for um, in the hospitals that. So what it really does is it's sort of in a conceptual kind of way, it sort of separates your ego from your subconscious. So it it affects those parts of the brain that implement your ego. When you're processing these things that are happening within your trip, There's absolutely zero ego involved and zero ego to get in the way. The the first two trips, I was observing what was going on. I could see the colors. The third trip was much deeper and it was like I was no longer observing what was going on. I was part of what was going on. Again, colors and patterns, but they were flowing like waves but the thing was as the waves were going through the colors i felt like i was the waves so i felt like my my body was 
part of it, not watching it. I kind of got that when you had mentioned um, the first session with the buildings and the bus. It's like yeah. you were you were all part. Of, there's no you. You know what I mean? There, you're you're. Yeah. It's all there. That's pretty cool. Yeah, That's it, be a weird weird feeling. It, it comes into play a little bit later on. It sucks. Is- it sucks that it takes that sort of assistance to get to that point but it does go to show how complicated the human mind is because it takes these it takes these chemicals to unlock other chemicals in our brains under the right circumstances and i i I still think personally in a lot of other ways if you do it smartly on your own but that's my own personal opinion but so as we go on through these sessions did you start to put the common denominator together like we're going through six sessions here. So did um, you, was there like a, was there like a, like, was there a fabric like weaving for you together, like a tapestry or like, was it, or was it piecework at this point? Right now at that point, it was still a piecework, little, little pieces of, Oh, okay. Well, there's, there's what it feels like to actually let go. And okay. There's sadness that came out, you know, there's flowing and, uh, and, you know, not being able to control colors, just individual pieces that I hadn't put together into that complete picture just yet. I am not religious in any way, but at, at one point near the end of, well, it wasn't near the end. It was about halfway through the trip, almost like a, a silo, you know, like a farm silo, but I was inside looking up and there was no top. And it during that trip and again it's not like a a clearly defined silo it was like okay whatever you know the image is it's this is what it's it's like i guess being inside a silo and i started to raise up towards the top the opening and i'm going and i remember i thought to myself holy crap like I'm being open-minded about it, and it's like, I feel like I'm being led up to meet something. <laughs> and I actually thought to myself, like, am I about to meet God? Right? And as I was breaking through the top, unfortunately, my body said, guess what? You need to go pee now. <laughs> and it's like, okay. And I, I was at the point where it's like, okay, I it would be embarrassing as hell to pee. And I always went to the bathroom before a trip, always, just to make sure that never happened. But it happened. And my body basically, or my brain, I'm not sure which one, basically said, we're stopping it right here and you're going to go pee. So, you know, so they, it allowed you the space because it, for some reason it like connected the body's message that you had to go pee, I guess. Uh, or yeah. maybe, maybe it was my subconscious saying, you're not ready to see what I was taking you to see. And the only way to, to stop that is to bring you back to, re- I don't know. I really don't know. And, and so they sort of you're not the only one having this conversation because when you google this when you google ketamine and the god molecule you find tons of stuff 
And I've only, I had only heard of the God molecule through like DMT assisted therapy yeah. or whatever, yeah. through whatever that was on Netflix that I saw, but I didn't, yeah. and I've always known the connection to psychedelics and spirituality yep. because I, as in my experience with those things, I've, I've felt things that yeah. I didn't feel on one thing versus another, yeah. but um, it's amazing that it, it what it does is that connectedness it breaks down that invisible membrane that we believe is there that's really not yeah. there i don't think yeah so you know they, they helped me stagger to the bathroom right I'm halfway through it so i'm in the depths of a trip and and when they went back and you know i went back in the chair it's like okay that, no nothing's really happening so i just used the rest of the session as like a a meditation session Right. Uh, the funny thing about this trip was there was a doctor there who was studying to become a psychiatrist, a young guy, very interested in psychedelics and wanting to be able to use psychedelics as a psychiatrist. Right. Which is great. So he was part of my my session. And afterwards in the in the like the recovery room, which is a, a nice room with essential oils vaporizing different teas big beanbag chairs really nice colors that you could just relax in he was there and he was asking some questions you know well, what was your trip like what was this and all that and i had forgotten all about that sort of cone rising up and uh i i, I remembered it at that point and i i said to him i said yeah this may sound kind of strange and i described it you know like a silo raising up and he said oh, okay he said that's that's actually fairly common i go okay and he, he described a couple of other patients that he had been with in there and I said yeah he had one person where it was a lady where it wasn't a silo going up but it was a long tunnel that she was going down towards so it's more common than you would think now does that mean there's a god or not who knows? All I know is it, I actually felt like I was being brought up to be introduced to something or experience something. Now, the other thing that was really good about this one, remember I said there were waves of colors and I felt like I was the waves. Right after that trip, I, I can honestly say my brain felt or my mind felt incredibly clear and it stayed you know, incredibly clear. And the way I describe it is you got to use your imagination with this. <laughs> Picture a glass pail, you know, like a five-gallon pail, and it's filled with marbles, you know, those little glass balls that we, we used to play with as kids. Then you take gum and you chew it and you throw in a whole bunch of pieces of gum in that pail of uh, marbles. So in that pail, you've got marbles, you got gobs of gum, you got goo, sticking to different marbles all it's like that for me it felt like those waves that i felt like i was actually part of for me it the only way i could describe it is like those waves or whatever washed over the marbles and cleared out all the gunk all the gum and the sticky gooey streamers everywhere and that's the way i felt like my my mind felt much clearer that's so, crazy that it kind of swept everything out there for you to. That's what I'm taking from it. That's and, that's incredible, and, man. You're, I mean, you're a very, very good spokesperson 
for this type of treatment, especially considering your background and considering yeah. where you've come from and where it's amazing that in the last, I mean, so you're our third repeat guest this year. So thank yeah. you for that. And it's four years for us this year. So we're, ha we're having people back. So it's amazing yeah. to hear where you've come from and how far you've gone. Yeah. And there's so much other stuff too, besides all of this. So as this process unfolds, where do you find yourself now in all of this process? Well, I, let me explain. I got to explain one aha moment. Uh, after that session, my wife and I went out for dinner to a local pub that we go to every week. We went on a Thursday. It was busy, busy. We walk in. There's only one table available, for a table for two, right in the middle. And I'm talking, this is busy. So we sit down and I'm talking to my wife. And all of a sudden I go like, I get this look in my face and my wife goes, this is about 20 minutes into, you know, just getting our food served. And it's like, she looks at me, she goes, what, is everything okay? Right. And it, it's like, I said to her, do you know, I haven't once felt the urge to look around to see who's sitting behind me. I hadn't felt the urge to look over the half wall to the bar area to see what's going on. It's like, it was almost like my hypervigilance was virtually gone. And it's like, that was one of those aha moments. Like, you know, it just sort of snuck up on you when you realize, oh, hey, there's no. And the other thing that happened that was a, a defining moment for me was uh, my wife and I went to see a comedian, uh, Jeff Dunham, at a local you know, arena. It was done in an arena. So we're sitting there, we get there early, like I would always do, but we get there early and, and sitting there with my wife and, you know, the people are starting to file into the arena and the, the seats around and the seats on the floor. And it's like, okay, I can feel the anxiety starting to build with the people, you know, and I'm looking around and my eyes are much wider now as I'm looking around and trying to track everything that's moving and, you know, I thought to myself, you know, this is stupid. We're all here for the same reason. We're all connected. Ties back to the very first session. We're all connected. We're all here for the same reason. And watch this funny guy on the stage and the anxiety gone. So those two things were, were like real eye openers for me that, wow, hypervigilance is, is like almost gone. And the hypervigilance was one of my really more problematic symptoms that stuck around. So yeah, that, that was good. Fifth session. The fifth session is when I started to see real images uh, and that I could identify that, oh, okay, that's, that's what that is. And funny part about this was the way it looked, it was sort of like a panel of screens. And some of those screens had images on them and some didn't, and those panels would move uh, and, you know, you know, roll out of, out of view and another panel come in with different. Like stage scenery. Yeah. Yeah. And, and within each monitor that was on there, there was images of, you know, just things, but there was one panel that, that came up and it's like, I recognize exactly what that image is. It was of a, a toddler in a diaper, riding on one of those yellow ducks. You know, it's a yellow plastic duck with red wheels and the red handles. And I realized, holy shit, that's me. 
I and it was like the subconscious was showing me a memory and I'm watching it as like a third person like holy crap and that one really really shook me a little bit it's like yeah I know right away that that's me and I know that I'm not consciously thinking that so it's like ah that's the subconscious coming out right and so it was it was really really incredible the uh I, I can honestly say that the ketamine therapy gave me my life back it, it 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 really did like I got to a point in my therapy regular therapy where yeah okay this is it's it's like I was stuck couldn't go any further and I think the ketamine helped me get unstuck and also helped me deal with some of the things that I had buried that you know like the sadness the 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 fifth session, it was it was only two kinds of colors. There was reds and oranges and greens and blues. And they just kept coming. And every time, you know, the the the, the red and orange images or colors would come up, I felt warm. And every time the blue and green ones would show up, uh, I felt cold. And, and there were a lot more of the the green and orange or green and uh, blue ones, you know, the coldness, the, and I got to the point where I was really in my trip, I was really begging for more of the reds and oranges. And what we sort of figured it out to be was, you know, the reds and oranges and feeling warmth represented in an abstract way, all the calls I've been to that were good, that had a good ending and all the, you know, the blues and greens and the cold represented all the calls I've been to over my career. It didn't have a good ending, you know, and it's like, okay, that sort of makes sense. So the, the integration sessions really help you put or learn from what you experienced in your, in your, during your trip. It worked for me. I haven't talked to anybody that's tried ketamine where it hasn't worked. All the psychedelics, I can see them slowly becoming more accepted as mainstream. For me, I, I say that in my overall journey, there's three things that have absolutely made a difference. One was EMDR therapy, two was equine therapy, and three was ketamine therapy. Do you know, I, I, don't, I don't, I'm pretty ignorant when it comes to this stuff, does this, is this something that you are, people are supposed to revisit like yeah. down the road again, or is this? So it really depends on the individual okay, and you know, what they experience. Now I, I will say now, which is what, 10 months after my thing, I don't have the same feelings as I had then. Like when I say feelings, I mean the overall, like, Whoa, this is amazing. But that, I'm just writing that off to the, okay, well, I'm getting You're probably used, used to it. Yep. That's exactly what I was thinking. Now, having said that, I am curious. That's, that's well, you, you've already hit it. That's, that's what integration is. Yeah. Like that, yeah. you don't notice it. Like that's, that's what it is. That's why you do it. That's, yeah. that's what it's like, called. I can tell you now the benefits, the benefits are still there. 
my hypervigilance is still almost negligible. When my mind is idle, it's no longer going to the bad thoughts and the rumination and the, the actual benefits are all still there. The clear mind, I think it's still there. It, it, it doesn't necessarily have that same intense feeling as it did when I first went through it. I still wanted to ask you about yeah. your boots on the ground organization, your ah. organization for, yeah. for your first responders too, because I don't want to overshadow, like I don't want to overshadow one for the other. Okay. Yeah. Boots on the ground uh, is a, a volunteer organization. It also has charitable status and it provides a 24 seven, 365, 1-800 number that first responders and veterans, anybody struggling can, can call. It is totally anonymous. We don't subscribe to call display or anything like that. Uh, we don't ask who you are or what service you work for. Uh, we do ask, are you police, fire, EMS, corrections, nursing, other? And sometimes, you know, like when I'm a call taker and I'll ask the person's first name, just so I can have a conversation with them. Uh, in the four years in existence, uh, we've done over, I think what the, the latest stat is like, we've taken 2,800 calls. Uh, and of those 2,800, there were, I think a total of nine that were from actively suicidal first responders. Uh, now, the one thing that, that, Again, everybody, uh, it's a volunteer. We Nobody gets paid, not even the founder. Like it's all the money raised goes back to, you know, the training for the volunteers. Um, so that, yeah, nobody's making money from this. Um, the uh, one thing that is nice is we have a rule. Uh, it's an unofficial rule that we don't turn anybody away. If somebody phones, and they're not from Ontario, we're not going to say, well, sorry, you're not in Ontario. We're going to hang up. And no, we do what we can to help them. So we have taken calls from the East Coast of Canada because a lot of times you, you Google peer support, first responder, and boots on the ground shows up. So people will call it. And that number works right across North America. Um, I've taken calls twice now from a corrections officer in Washington state. And it's like, okay, well, I'm not gonna say, oh, well, you're not from Ontario. Eh, sorry, right? No, we're, if somebody's phoning boots to the ground, it's because they're struggling and they need help. Well, that would actually go against what you stand for if you yeah. didn't take the phone call. I mean, in reality, because that's what peer support is, is. So yeah, boots to the ground, it's the, all the call takers are, are either active or retired first responders. Uh, many of us have lived experience um, with mental health challenges. So, yeah, it, it's it's an amazing organization. They really look after their volunteers. As in, like, I can, we have a psychologist who oversees. She's like the, the mental health oversight. So if we have, you know, a challenging call or something like that, you know, the organization can discuss it with her. I have her number. If I take a call and I'm struggling or from that call or, you know, I'm, I'm not sure if I handled that call right, 
I can phone her directly. Say, hey, well, how, hey, what do you think about this? Or, you know, I'm a little off from that call or, or right? So we, ha we have a- What a great organization, man. This, this is great. That's, uh, you should be proud. Yeah. Oh, you know what? I am. It, it, it's, it's an incredible organization. Uh, they're opening up a chapter in Alberta, and that should become operational later this year. Um, yeah, it, it's, I can see it eventually going nationwide, right? Eventually. And the founder, he sees it as well, but he wants to make sure it's, it, Expanding naturally happen or naturally yeah. happens at a workable rate, and that the product is still high quality product. So keep the boots on the ground, still basically. Right. I'm kind of just curious. I know it'll be hard to kind of uh, kind of pinpoint like a one word or a sentence, maybe. But through the treatment, I heard you say a lot of letting go and clarity. Could you? Is there like a sentence that you could just sum up your treatment? Life altering in a good way. <laughs> cool. I, wow. I, I say it, I say it again. It gave me my life back. That's the sentence right there, baby. It gave me my life back. Wow. See, now that's now that's real progress for us all. Like this is the beauty yeah. of this, man. Right. Everything with you again and everything. Rob, thank you so much for being here again, man. Look, it has been an absolute pleasure. Awesome. Yeah, I think people need to hear it, man. You're a great spokesperson for this, man. And we thank you for that, man. And thank you for all that you do for your community. And, and thank you for being like, thank you for being an exemplary peer, man. You go to show what this is really all about, man. We pick ourselves up every day and yeah. prove that we can rebuild and, and help others rebuild, man. Ever since ketamine therapy, I no longer approach situations with my brain first i now approach situations with my heart first wow wow that's perfect timmy wow. no other there's <laughs> mic that's drop. a mic drop yeah dude yeah. until next week get well be safe okay. stay thanks, above yes. stay above thanks rob Thanks, Thanks Rob. guys. Thank you for giving us a listen. New episodes every Wednesday. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, you can share, rate, review, and even subscribe so you'll never miss an episode. Other ways to support the show? Follow us on social media. Share the content. Share our episodes. You can also buy us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com forward slash above ground pod. For further concerns, show ideas, or just to say hi, you can email us at abovegroundpodcast at gmail. Once again, thank you for listening and supporting mental health. Keep the conversation going and stay above.